Good evening. Um, this evening's reading is the really beautiful words of Psalm 32, and it starts on page 462 in the Church Bibles. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Thank you, Laura, for reading the passage. And please do keep it open in front of you as we look at it together. If we haven't met, my name's Will. I'm one of the ministry associates here at Chalmers Church. And before we look at this psalm together, I'm going to pray for the Lord's help as he speaks to us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. And you, we pray that you'll help us to listen carefully to what you have to say tonight. Help us to be people who listen to your word, but also be people who are doers of your word. Amen. So I have a question for you all to ponder this evening. Who do you think are the most blessed people on earth? I'm sure when I ask that question, that all of us will have a variety of answers that come to our mind. Maybe we think of those that have got huge amounts of worldly possessions, the rich and famous, that people that can jet around the world, or now even up into space. Or perhaps we think of a tight-knit, loving family who all care and support one another. Perhaps they're the most blessed people we know. And the reason we think of these sorts of people is because often in our conversations, when we use the word blessed, we use it to denote success in life or fortuitousness. We're just getting a bit lucky. But actually, in the Bible, when we see the word blessed, we see that it's a status given by God to those whom he chooses. And you might have picked up from our reading today, but we're looking at a psalm of David which tells us it's actually the forgiven who are truly blessed. It's those that have been made right with God and find that their sins have been forgiven. They are the truly blessed Perhaps some of you are here thinking, oh, I've learned about forgiveness. I've done that. Did that at a Sunday school lesson quite a few years ago now. God forgives sins. Why on earth are you up there talking about forgiveness? 
Or maybe you're, you're sat there and thinking, I don't really like to think about forgiveness at all. I'm sure a lot of us don't like to acknowledge the fact that we messed up, make mistakes, do evil things, things that need to be accounted for. Well, if you're tempted to think like either of those, then ask yourselves this. When was the last time I ought to have asked for forgiveness? I imagine that for all of you, it was probably pretty recently, perhaps even today. And forgiveness is more than just papering over the cracks. It's really important. To those of you in small groups this past year, we've been looking at Romans. And in the start of that letter, Paul highlighted our need to be put right with God because of how just how sinful we are. We were shown how utterly useless we are to make ourselves right before God. And Paul actually quoted this psalm in chapter 4 to show us that we could never be good enough to impress God by ourselves. And in Psalm 32, we're going to see David reflecting upon his own sinfulness. And David knew about it all too well. We've actually looked at some of David's sin back a couple of months ago when we were in 2 Samuel. His adultery, lies, deception, murder, as we read the account with Bathsheba, as well as many other things he did in his life. And we're not told explicitly when David wrote this psalm, or whether he wrote it in reference to a particular sin. So tonight, we're going to see a lesson in dealing with all our sin, whether huge, like David's adultery, or the small and notable sin we find ourselves doing all the time. And my hope and prayer for those of you here who know and trust the Lord Jesus for your forgiveness, that this will be an encouragement to you to keep on going as a forgiven sinner. And for those of you here who wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I hope that you will see the attractiveness of having had your sins forgiven by God. So we're going to look at three points from the psalm this evening, and they can be found on the handout that was on your chair when you came in. So firstly, the forgiven are the truly blessed. Secondly, we're going to see we're going to learn to live like those who are truly blessed. And finally, continually confess our sin to receive forgiveness and blessing. So let's dive back into the text to look at our first point in verses 1 to 2, the forgiven are the truly blessed. And in these two verses, we will see the principle that David is trying to teach us. So let's read verses 1 to 2. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So there it is. Twice it tells us it's the forgiven who are the truly blessed. Not those we thought of at the start, those who look blessed. No. Tonight we see it's the forgiven. And in these two opening verses, we see clearly why the forgiven can say they are the truly blessed. Because much like in Romans 1-4, to where we saw the sinfulness of everyone which needed forgiving by God, here we see that David too was a sinner saved by grace who needed to be forgiven for his sins. And just look with me at how true that is in the language he uses. In verse 1, whose transgression is forgiven. Later in verse 1, whose sin is covered. And in verse 2, against whom the Lord counts no 
iniquity. The forgiven are blessed because we've had our transgressions, sins, iniquity, all of it dealt with by the Lord. Any way David wronged God, all of it was forgiven. The forgiven sinner is truly blessed by the sheer scale of forgiveness that each of us has received. And despite the scale of our sinfulness, we have a God who completely deals with it. As we see in those verses, he forgives the transgressions against him, he covers the sin, and he does not count the iniquity. How can the forgiven not be blessed when this undeserved kindness has fallen upon us, not just once, but time and time again? For all the wrong actions we've ever done, all the wrong thoughts we've ever let our mind dwell on, all the evil things we've ever said, all these things are forgiven by the Lord. The blessed forgiven sinner is the one who sees who we, sees who we truly are and knows how blessed we are to have been completely covered by God. In fact, David says of the blessed forgiven sinner that they have a spirit in which there is no deceit in verse 2. They come honestly before God about all they've ever done. But as big of a sinner as you or I may be, we have a God who is a top specialist in dealing with sin. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, we read, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Forgiven sinners come honestly before God, and they acknowledge their sin so that they might be forgiven and cleansed. Not deceiving ourselves into thinking we're clean, but acknowledging just how far off we are. But with the great joy of knowing no, no matter how stained you or I may be, we have a God who completely washes us clean. But as clear as it is that the forgiven are truly blessed, that we can bring all our sin, transgressions, iniquity before the Lord, and they'll cover them all, that he washes us completely clean, do we actually do this? We all too easily seek to hide our sin, don't we? So let me ask you this question, and I think it's a question that Psalm prompts. Are we living like people who have been forgiven? Well, this psalm is now going to press us on whether we're living like people who have been forgiven, and hopefully it's going to help us to learn how to live like it. So in our second point, in verses 3 to 7, we are learning to live like those who are truly blessed. Starting with when the believer tries to hide sin rather than have a spirit without deceit. For in verses 3 to 4, we see David reflect upon a time when he hid his sin rather than to seek forgiveness from God. Let's read those verses. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. So when David hides his sin, how does it go for him? Well, instead of the threefold blessing we saw in verse 1 to 2 of being forgiven, 
covered, not counted against. We see here that David's silence doesn't lead to blessing, but to trouble. And just look at the strong language in verses 3 to 4 that describe the state at that time. His bones wasted away. He groans all day long. God's hand was heavy upon him, and his strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. We see in verse 3 just how hard it is for him to hide sin, how it wearies him from the inside. Then in verse 4, we even see God's hand is upon David for it. He's having a horrid time just because he's hiding sin. Now, we've had a few hot days in the last couple of weeks in Edinburgh, but nothing quite compared to the excessive heat you get elsewhere in the globe at this time, where your energy is sapped away by the blistering heat. Well, David speaks of his silence around sin as trying to live in that heat. He's trying to get by while all his energy is being drained, all his strength is being sapped. And it just sounds rather grim, doesn't it? I'm sure nobody here wants to live like that, to have their bones waste, to groan all day, to be sapped of your strength. Nobody wants to live like that. So David is clearly warning us, the readers of this psalm, about the woes which accompany the one who keeps silent in his or her sin. But why does David say this? Because we saw that the forgiven are so blessed. Why on earth would anyone dream of thinking about being silent in their sin? Well, because you and I both know that we all try to keep silent about our sin so often. We all too easily think that the best thing to do with it is to bury our heads in the sand, stay silent, just hope the problem goes away, hope that time will deal with it, and it'll just all be forgotten. But like David, when he kept silent about sin, it will surely plague us too. Whether it's the sleepless nights, thinking of what you've done, the awkward conversations, trying to sidestep, admitting what's happened, that constant feeling of guilt hanging over us. Like David, it eats away at us, and God will have his heavy hand upon us too. David is warning us that to keep silent about sin is to forego blessing and to embrace hardship. Surely nobody wants to live like that. All the guilt and trouble hang over us. That begs the question of how do we get out of this hardship? Well, luckily in this psalm, David also shows us how he left the trouble of verses 3 to 4 to refine the blessed life. In verse 5, we see that no matter what sin David had committed, when he acknowledged it to God, he was completely forgiven and brought back to the blessed life. Let's read verse five again. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Whereas in verse three, he'd kept silent about sin, we see here in verse five, him acknowledge it, and no longer cover up his iniquity. He no longer hides his sin, but instead he confesses it to the Lord. And because David knew the forgiving God, he can say with confidence at the end of verse 5, you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Even though he tried to hide it, even though he'd refused to confess it, once he'd acknowledged it, he still 
found forgiveness. And this wasn't because David was a particularly godly man or that his sin was somehow less serious than ours or that just God looked at him more favorably than he does on us. No, we've seen his sin in 2 Samuel and in his life, but David finds forgiveness despite all the sin he's ever committed, but only when he confesses. When he, when he hides his sin, when he keeps quiet about it, it plagues him, keeps him up all night in a hard sweat, unable to get it out of his mind. But when he comes to the Lord and confesses, he finds real forgiveness and is able to rejoin the path of blessing. So I want to ask you here tonight, where are you on this path? Are you someone who's open before God, confessing your sin and delighting in the blessing which comes from it? That's amazing. That's great. Let these words be an encouragement to you that no matter what life might look like, you are genuinely blessed to receive such forgiveness from God. Or are you someone here that knows that forgiveness, how sweet it is, how joyous it is, but has started to hide sin? There's a whole host of reasons that you might not be willing to confess a particular sin, but do you really think you can cover it yourself? Because the joy for us is that David didn't just write these words to show how he could be blessed, but as we look on to verse 6, we see that he is imploring us, the people of God, to follow his example and confess our sins too, to become the forgiven people of God who are blessed. Verse 6 reads, Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. David has shown us by his example of coming to find forgiveness so that we too might desire to be forgiven rather than hold on to hidden sin. He shows us that we are to offer a prayer of confession to God to become the truly blessed. As in verses 6 and 7, and in the rest of verses 6 to 7, we see the full blessing God gives to those who come to him. The rest read, Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Just look at the stark contrast that is to verses 3 to 4. Instead of having bones waste away with God's heavy hand upon us, Instead of living with guilt of unrepentant sin, we have blessing after blessing. When we confess our sins, we don't get caught up in the rush of great waters. Our guilt doesn't reach us, but we have complete peace. He's a hiding place for us when troubles come our way. We are being preserved to anything the world can throw at us. Why live in the constant draining heat of the unbearable summer when we could be preserved by the Lord and kept by him. Is being forgiven by God not wholeheartedly more attractive than when we try to cover sin ourselves? This blessing only comes to those who confess their sin to the Lord whilst you can still be found. So do not delay. Why struggle on with hidden sin when the Lord can forgive it today and can lead you to the blessed life today? As we've been working our way through this psalm, we've been seeing that the forgiven are the truly blessed 
and we've been learning to live like those who are truly blessed. In our third and final section, in verses 8 to 11, we will see how the people of God are to respond rightly to this psalm, that we must be people who continually confess for our sins to receive forgiveness and blessing. In this final section of the psalm, God himself speaks to us, confirming our need to listen to his word. Let's read verses 8 to 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be curved with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. So the, the eyes in verse 8 have switched to God referring to himself. He has been instructing us to go the right way, which is coming to him for forgiveness. God has instructed us so that we might confess and be blessed rather than live like a mule without understanding. Because a mule is stubborn. It has to be controlled by someone to take it the right way. Well, we aren't to be like a mule, stubbornly opposing God and making him force us the right way. No, because we've been instructed by God and taught in the way that we should go so that we might live the blessed life. So if you're sitting here today, burdened by hidden sin, like David in verses three to four, unable to sleep at night, unable to find peace, then find that the blessed way is to bring it back to the Lord. Don't delay in finding your way back to him. And if you're here today and you think your sin is hidden and nobody knows about it, not even God, then think again. God can't be fooled. Putting our head in the sand and hoping the problem goes away won't fix it. Time won't be the great healer, but God will. Come back to him without deceit and confess it all, knowing that he can and will forgive all. Don't be like the stubborn mule, which has to be dragged the right way, but God has taught you what you are meant to do, so do it. We read from 1 John chapter 1 earlier, and in that passage we read, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God sees straight through our hiding of sin. We don't successfully deceive him, just ourselves. So let's not lie to ourselves and pretend like we don't sin, but let's come to see that we're in a far better place when we acknowledge it and trust in Jesus' death to deal with it. Because God is a faithful God who will lead us away from the hardship of verses 3 to 4 to find the blessings of 6 to 7. We have been blessed to be instructed and taught by God on what to do when we sin. Don't be like the mule that doesn't understand. It's stubbornness, meaning it has to be forced into line. But instead, confess your sins so that you might be blessed and cleansed. Maybe you are here today holding on to a particular hidden sin. Perhaps it was that you were wronged an awfully long time ago and you've been holding on to that resentment all this time. And as you've been harboring that grudge and holding on to it, it brews up inside you and it destroys you. It ruins relationships. It just makes you more and more angry and more and more weary. 
Let it go and be blessed. Confess it to the Lord and be free of its guilt and enjoy the blessed life. Or perhaps you've been indulging lust and you presume that if enough time passes by, it will just go away. The guilt won't matter. You won't have to worry about it. Don't waste away with unrepentant sin, presuming that time will heal. Because God can forgive us now if only you'll confess it to him. Maybe things in our lives aren't quite right now. We're just feeling a bit drained, a bit weary. Should we be asking ourselves the question, have we been hiding sin from God? Why struggle on with wasted bones in the heat of summer when God will forgive you now if only you were to come to him? Why not come to God today and confess all those things which we still have hidden in our hearts? But for many of us here today, this won't always be an easy thing to do. But we have been blessed by the love and support of a church family. So if you're someone here tonight that wants to offload the burden of sin, wants to confess it to the Lord, but just needs someone to chat to about it, then please do grab me in the garden afterwards. Or chat to an elder or your small group leader. It would be a great if this could be a church where we were helping one another to live out the blessed life and to receive forgiveness for our sins. And we can be confident that God will forgive us no matter the extent of our hidden sin. Because we saw in verse 5 how God forgave David then. And for us now, we've seen the price Jesus paid that we too might be forgiven. As we saw in 1 John chapter 1, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we close, let's turn to verses 10 to 11. Verse 10 reads, Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. So for those of you here tonight that wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I hope you've seen the attractiveness of the forgiven, blessed life. Instead of living in the sorrow of unforgiven sin, find the joy and blessing of bringing it to God and finding forgiveness in him. But to those of us who know the steadfast love of God, have trusted in the death of Christ for forgiveness of sins, but maybe have just started to hide sin and not confess it, then don't hesitate in coming back to God. He will surround those who flee to him with steadfast love. Don't hesitate in confessing your sin today. And in verse 11, we see the joy and happiness which are found in the blessed life that all forgiven sinners can enjoy. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. How can we not rejoice? We, by no matter of our own, who've been made right and upright in heart despite our ongoing sin. How can those of us who've been cleansed of all unrighteousness not turn to the Lord and rejoice for all he has done for us in Christ. And in our final song tonight, we're going to reflect on the peace and blessing which comes from having been forgiven. The third verse goes, My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul.
The forgiven are blessed because of the amazing work of Christ to bear our sins and allow us to be forgiven no matter what. Don't hesitate in coming openly before him for forgiveness. And don't forget to praise God for all he has done for us in forgiving us. Let me respond to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us the blessing which comes from having been forgiven by you. And we pray here tonight that you might help us to be people who live like the truly blessed and confess our sins to you. Amen.